Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, big show, long-awaited show. <laughs> which I'm very excited about. Today, we have Joe Albanese, the CEO and co-founder of Stir, though he's done a lot of other super impressive, very interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him that much about. Joe, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to not talk about all the other things that I usually talk about on podcasts. I know, I'm so excited to not talk about all that stuff too. <laughs> Let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by the Cloud 100. For the sixth year in a row, Salesforce Ventures, Bessemer Venture Partners, and Forbes will be presenting the Cloud 100, the definitive list of the top 100 private cloud companies in the world and the 20 rising stars poised to join their ranks on August 10th, 2021. That's right, the Cloud 100 will be celebrating the list honorees with a virtual experience featuring the world's top cloud CEOs, visionaries, and industry experts discussing the future of the cloud industry, like Rachel Carlson of Guild Education, Ali Godzi of Databricks, and Reese Witherspoon. I'm just gonna take a shot in the dark here and say I bet you use a service or software provided by these Cloud 100 companies every single day, and you might not even know it. Wanna get your head in the cloud on August 10th? You can register to join the Cloud 100 celebration at thecloud100.com. Joe is the CEO and co-founder of Stir. He's insanely passionate about empowering a future where anyone can make a living from their creativity. Before co-founding Stir, he spent time designing new ways to communicate with the ones we care about at Facebook and creating easier ways to invest in crypto at Bitwise. In 2020, Forbes selected Joe as a 30 under 30 winner for the products that have been built at Stir. When he's not working, he spends his free time learning to be a better cook and watching old films with his roommates. Joe, welcome to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> that bio is taken from our website and it is, it's, it's a very weird experience to have it read while you're listening to it. How did it feel having someone read your bio to your face? It's cringe. It's just it's cringe. cringe. Yeah, yeah. It's so great to be here. I know. I'm really excited. I've really genuinely wanted to have you on the show for so long because we have been Twitter mutuals for a while. Mm -hmm. And what? <laughs> I remember when we first started talking about it, I was like, yes, I want to do it. But I'm like spacing out. I feel like I right. just did. You can't do a bunch. You want to do all of them. You can't do yep. a bunch of them at one time. And uh, then you reached back out to me. I think, or we just went back and forth and then yeah. we decided to do it now. And it's, I'm, I'm glad we're doing it in the summer. It's more fun. That's right. A lot of things are more fun in the summer. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful that we were able to ultimately make it work. And I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship. Obviously, folks cannot see what we look like right now, but we're both wearing backwards hats, which I think is how all good friendships start. <laughs> yes, we decided to match our outfits on the, on, the, on the audio podcast. Yeah, that's right. OK, to me, that's a very normal stage in a friendship. It's like step one, Twitter mutual. <laughs> step two, matching outfits. Step three, friendship. Recently, I'll, I'll give like a quick anecdote. Like, I think like, yeah. I'm on the fourth stage of friendship right now with my roommates. Oh, I'm ready. Ooh, moving fast. Let's do it. The other night, we're all about to go out. I forget where we're going. Maybe mm -hmm. to like a bar or party or something. There's three of us, three guys. And we noticed that each of our shoes doesn't really yeah. like match our outfits as well. We're like, wait, maybe you should wear my shoes. Oh my I should wear your shoes and we should all swap. Did you swap? We all swapped shoes. <laughs> our mind was blown. We were like, wait, 
we can share shoes. Wow. This is huge for us. Each of our like sneaker collections is now tripled in size. Right after that, we were like, women have been doing this forever. Literally forever, since the dawn of time. <laughs> forever. We are just getting introduced to it now. This is a game changer. So I think that's the next level of friendship is when you start to share, well, at least for me now, shoes. I've just started. You're exactly shoes. right. I borrowed a belt from my friend the other day. That really cemented our friendship. Did you give it back? Yeah. Okay. It was just for one outfit. I just needed a belt. You ever just need a belt? Yeah, actually right now. I'm not wearing a belt right now, actually. (gasps) Joe, see, okay. Now we are at that level where I could lend you a belt, except you're very far (laughs) away, which is very sad. (laughs) All the way across the country. Joe, tell me this. How did you spend your last day off? My last day off was July 4th. That was the last, like, yeah, we did did Friday and Monday off. And this is kind of interesting. My best friend from high school had a baby for like (gasps) a month before. And I flew to Chicago to go visit him. I mean, it's crazy to see. It's like the first one of my friends that has had a child. Like, it just makes you like really feel grown up at that point. I know. I know what you mean. And um, yeah, it was beautiful. I met met his baby for the first time. And we listened to like all the songs that we listened to in high school. And we took a nice long walk in his neighborhood. That was a really great day. That was that Friday that took off. Mm -hmm. That was great. And I, he lives in, you know, we grew up in New York. Mm -hmm. He lives in Chicago now. And I was like, you know, when I fly back and forth, I'm always like, ah. You got to pass Chicago to get to the other side. Yeah, it's right there. And I decided to do it for July 4th. So it was really nice. You mentioned listening to songs that you listened to in high school. Is there a song that when you hear it totally takes you back in time? Yeah, there's a couple. There's definitely like scenes from an Italian restaurant by Billy Joel. Oh, really? Where does that take you? It's just like, I don't know, you can like belt out certain parts and Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, it's about love and it's Billy Joel and the piano and bottles of wine and pasta. Mm -hmm. It's like a good good song. This is definitely like a spoiler alert. We're both Italian moment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How long did it take? Four minutes. (laughs) Yeah, we're in. Yeah, Yeah, we're in. Exactly. That's awesome. Where did you first hear that song? Wow, that's so interesting. How did we like nowadays? Like how I get music is just from Spotify, but I feel like back then it was like we were in a car and someone would just like play from their iPod and you just have to trust whatever they play. And you'd be like, wait, what's that song? Yeah. I don't remember how I was like finding songs back then. I definitely learned about it from a friend. My parents were not big Billy Joel fans. So it was like from a friend. I was like, oh, wow. No, my parents are like, my mom is the Rolling Stones. My dad is the Love Beatles. It. Oh, so badass. Classic. Those are very different. Those are two very different types of people. One Rolling Stones, one Beatles, right? I know, but that's a nice combo. It is. But no Billy Joel there. A lot of my music growing up was my dad. So really okay. quick, I'll give a background. It's actually a cool story. Growing <laughs> up, my dad would drive me to school and he would wake okay. up really early. How early? My dad would have me at school at 7 a.m. It was just like there was just no one there. Yes, Damn. Yes. yes, seriously, you're like alone. <laughs> yeah, like literally just would roam the halls and whatever. And we would listen to New York sports radio in the morning. That was just like what okay. you want to listen to. On the way home, we would listen to music. And mm. uh, my dad's kind of like an audiophile, like loves, mm. goes really deep on different artists. When I got to high school and everyone was like listening to latest Usher, I'm like belting the Eagles <laughs> yeah. because like my dad introduced me to it. And it was really weird. You feel so out of place because mm. no one really knows these old school rock and roll bands that like, at least yeah. maybe they just didn't feel as cool maybe to share them. Maybe it is today. That's yeah. interesting because I think at that stage in my life in high school, I think I wanted 
to be more into classical rock than I was. I made a concerted effort to get into the Rolling Stones, to wow. get into the Who. To, did it yeah, work? truly. Yeah, oh, it good. definitely did. I really think I wanted that to be a part of my personality. That oh, in addition sure. to loving like Panic at the Disco, which I loved, yeah. that I also had this what like cool layer to me that I was deep. I don't know. It worked. <laughs> it was really conflicting for me. Really? Yeah, I don't know. You're like, you're at an impressionable age. You're trying mm -hmm. to like coming of age, really. You're trying to understand new friendships, yep. romantic relationships, and music yep. is such a big component of that. You know, you feel like a little self-conscious about the music that you really love. Mm. I, I feel like I kind of did because I just didn't know a lot of the other songs that other folks listen to. That's interesting. And you almost feel like you can't connect. What's funny is my first concert, I'd love to know what your first concert is. My first concert yeah. was the Eagles at Madison Square Garden. Wow. I was 14. I like bought the tickets for three of my friends. I was like, just come with me. And we That's had awesome. such a great time. And we were probably the youngest people in the entire. I'm like, sure. In, in Madison Square Garden. Wow. Where was your first concert? Okay. So I have a really underwhelming first concert, but I'll share it with you regardless. I, <laughs> my friend really wanted to go see American Idol on tour because she was a big American Idol fan. And so I went to that with her. I feel like that's underwhelming with time. But back then, that was probably a big, big deal. A really big deal. <laughs> yeah, like a really big deal. Yeah. Totally. You mentioned using music or being maybe self-conscious about music taste. Did you ever pretend to like a band to impress somebody or to be friends with somebody? I'm asking because that's another thing that I remember doing is if I had a crush on someone, yeah. I would listen to music that they liked to be oh, like, totally. oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know this band? It's definitely not something I would do now or like I wouldn't like pretend sure. to do it. I would just be honest, but I would still like, yeah. definitely back then I could see me pretending it to like yeah. impress someone. I would press the yeah. girl for sure. Today, I would still like, if I was talking to someone, I would definitely listen to their music and like, yeah, try to be too. very open to it. Yeah, of course. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't like pretend if I didn't like it. I think that would be really No, weird. I would be more transparent, I think now as an adult. If you didn't like it, so yeah. let's say you like, let's say you are in the situation, it's today okay. and you didn't like okay. it, but it's their favorite genre. How would you bring that up to them? Ooh. Well, you know, I regret to inform you that I know exactly how I would bring it to them, which <laughs> is that I would try to find what I did like about it. There's got to be something. Yeah. Is it interesting? Does it sound like it would be really great in an indie movie? Does it remind <laughs> me of this other thing? And I would try to first be like, yeah, I, I totally get why you like it. The guitarist is amazing. Yeah. It's not for me. <laughs> so you've been down this path. I guess I have been down this path. It also depends what stage in the relationship you're in. If it's somebody that you're just talking to, right, or just getting to know, I think that's when I'm a little more diplomatic. And I'm like, here are all the yeah. good things about it. Versus when you've been dating someone for a couple years, you're like, this band is trash. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend loved country music. I didn't really grow up listening oh, to country music. Because you're from New York. Yeah. Although now I feel like country music is way more popular than it was when I was younger, at least. But now it's just a lot of people listen to it. I think you're right, but I don't know because we also have so much more access to information now. Country music may have been just as popular. We just, I just, maybe we didn't know. Totally. That's possible. Country music is becoming more poppy and, and rappy. Yes. Right? And, seeing, oh, yeah, and then sure. also you're seeing rappers and pop stars kind of lean back into the country stuff. And they're almost just like merging into this. I think Casey Musgraves is like a really interesting example of that. Yeah. Who like started very country and then yeah. won a Grammy for album of the year. Right? Yeah. It's it's really interesting. I love her music, but I would never say, oh, I love country music. Okay. Wow. Mm. This is this is kind of on point because my ex-girlfriend loved her. And when I first mm. heard her, she's very country. And then over time, and the album that she won the Grammy from, Freedom of the English, I loved that album. 
Yeah. Golden hour. Golden hour. Exactly. What I'm saying is like, it's like if they have a band that they love and you just kick into the band, that's different. Yeah. With me, it was a genre. And what I found Mm. was that like pockets within the genre that I would really enjoy. And the other pockets that I just like, there's no way I'm going to, I'm going to be able to get into this one. And just letting them enjoy it, I think it's like one, they enjoy it. So let them enjoy it. Yeah. And then two, it's like when you have those moments where you get to enjoy it, that's just a bonus. Totally. It's a funny thing I think you learn as you get older where it's like, oh yeah, you and the person that you're dating can like different things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's okay, it turns out. So Joe, have you ever been known as the something person in college and high school at work? Yes, for sure. It's not super specific, but it will tell you a lot about my personality. I can't wait. What a lead up. Yeah. I'm very quick to get interested in like a thing and I can like convince okay. myself that like, okay, I really want to do this. And then mm-hmm. almost can become like, not obsessive is a weird word, but like I can go really mm-hmm. deep on something. So yes. cooking is a great example. Yes. Where I had really not cooked much and actually I got this okay. amazing, probably the best gift I've ever gotten. My mom bought me for Christmas one year. She bought me a month of one of these meal kits and she's like, <gasps> and just like a really good pen. Ooh, go mom. That's a great go gift. Go mom. Great gift. And when I first started, the thing I liked about it was just how exact it was. I like do this thing and this thing comes okay. out and I don't have to worry about any of those mm. stuff. And then like very quickly, I almost became just like obsessed with everything in cooking. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh, wow, there's so many ways that I can do this. Like, there's, like, all this gear. There's all these different processes. Mm -hmm. There's all these books. There's all these, you know, almost, like, creator cooks that I can, like, follow and learn from. Um, So I start to watch all these series, and, like, it just consumes my life. Then I start to, like, go to the grocery store. And I remember there was this yogurt brand that I just, like, loved. But it was, like, a little more expensive than I uh, was comfortable paying. It's Nusa. I love their yogurt. And I I was like, I could make this just as (gasps) good. And then I oh started God. to make yogurt. Are you serious? Yes. Different flavors of yogurt. What? Yeah. Oh, it gets even crazier. And I got into like pasta. And I was like, okay, oh now God. I'm going to start making pasta. And I bought a pasta maker. And I was like, well, I should invite some friends over. You don't make pasta for yourself. That's no. crazy. Uh, absolutely. I invite like five friends over. And then the five friends, like, can I bring this person? It turns into 30 friends. Oh my God. I host like a pasta and ravioli making party at my house. I love that. That would then turn into a yearly pasta party where the first year was 30 people. The second year was 60 people. The last year was 100 people. No. We raised $5,000 for charity. And <laughs> I hosted at a place. You had to like buy tickets on Eventbrite. I'm like oh my selling God. tickets to my friends. I'm like, come on. It was, oh, this was a cool experience. So $75, mm. all you can drink yeah. wine. We had wine from the tap, which is pretty cool. And yep. then... Uh, I had like a little marketplace set up. I put people into groups of four and I put you with people I thought you would want to get to know. And you go to this little marketplace and you select one of your ingredients and it includes all your ingredients and your dough, almost like the meal kit thing. Yeah. I hired an instructor from Sur La Tabla, the cooking store, and she would teach all these groups how to make the ravioli. And then you'd go to the station where you cook the ravioli. And my dad was there (gasps) cooking everyone's ravioli. So no, that's amazing. That is just one example of like, when I really get into something, I go really deep. And I think that's what, I mean, my parents would definitely say that. So would my, my sister and, and probably just my friends. It's like Joe, when he gets his eye on something, just takes it to a, an extreme. Sometimes they're very healthy. Like I think that story, 
other times. Yeah. Maybe not so. <laughs> Maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have a good example of that right off the top of my head, but. Wow, that's amazing. That sounds so up my alley. I'm not a really fantastic chef, but the idea of getting really, really invested in something to the point that I have to like master it and then multiply it by five and then multiply yeah. it by 10. Like that's very relatable to me. So my roommate is trying learning how to cook right now. And I'm like okay. trying to trying to teach him. And I think one thing that I picked up that I wish I picked up earlier that I now try yeah. and like bestow on the people that are learning is yeah, cooking is actually way more forgivable than you think. And mm. I know it's hard to feel natural in the kitchen, yeah. but it just comes with like a few reps. But okay. the more natural you feel, I think it feels more like an art form. Like when you're yeah. drawing, when you're sketching something and you don't have to worry about like, you're not submitting this to someone or grading this. I think that's the problem is people want to be so exact that it becomes mm. stressful and they feel uncomfortable. I think you're right. Yeah. Kind of like dancing. You know, when you're really getting into dancing and you're just feeling yeah. yourself, that is the level you want to be when you're cooking. Um, it's just okay. at that level of just like freedom and you're just being creative. You're just feeling yourself. So, okay. I think that's really good advice. Next time I'm cooking, I will try to remember. I'll put some really good music on. Yes. And I'll try Glass to of get wine, more natural with it. Good music. Yep. Love that. Get into the rhythm. Yeah. I could do that. I have everything that I need to get there. It's just when the actual <laughs> cooking starts, I turn the pans up way too hot because I get impatient. And yeah. it just, it's not for me. I It's not yeah. for me. But maybe it could be for me with a glass of wine and the right music. One like other fun thing that I'll do to like, get people to feel more comfortable is mm. I'll host a sushi night. Oh, that's amazing. Playing with food is like a good way to explore a creative side for everyone. I will get all the ingredients, the rice, all the fish, the sprouts, the wasabi, the ginger, the pickled onion, everything for everyone, avocado. And then we will go around the room. Mm -hmm. Each person will make a dish, whatever they want, no rules for everyone at the table. Like one oh thing. God, and they fun. explain what they put together and why they took those different things and what kind of that's inspired awesome. them. And you know, by the end of the night, like everyone's kind of made one or two things. And... That's really fun. Yeah, super fun. So Joe, is there a catchphrase or something specific that you or other people think are specific to you? There is one that I say all the time. What is that? I say it a lot in work. I okay. do say it in my personal life too, but I think it maybe shows the type of person I am is I tell people, it sounds so weird to say this out loud. <laughs> I tell people to share a brain with me. And basically oh. what that means is just like, tell me early, often how you feel so I can like connect with you on, on a deeper mm. level. Like I feel like anytime wow. you hold things back, it's just unproductive. I was just like saying it all the time and now it's almost become a verb. Like I feel like people in either at Stir or even in my, my personal life are like, all right, I'm going to share a brain here. And then they'll like <gasps> say how they feel. Wow. And I love that. I, I find that to be really, that I've definitely picked up. I don't know where I... I don't know if I heard it somewhere or I just started saying it. Uh, yeah. My other favorite catchphrase is, oh, that's big brain. When there's just like a good idea, I'm like, oh, that, that's big brain. That's big brain. So I, think I love that. There's something with the brain. Share it and it's big. Okay. Share a brain with me. That's like, be, with like connect with me. Okay. Share yeah, brain connect with me. Connect with me. Wow. Yeah. How do you that's feel awesome. about this? How should I feel about this? Mm -hmm. Is there a fad that you look back on participating in, and this could be something fashion, cultural, workout, whatever, that now makes you a little cringy probably in high school 
dressing really preppy because everyone was doing it. I feel like yes. I was in high school when J. Crew was the streetwear. It, yeah, liter- <laughs> so, literally same. J. <laughs> yeah, J. Crew was supreme. Like it, right? And I, I look at some photos now, and I'm like, oh my god, what color is that shirt? That is like the brightest yeah. green I've ever seen. Fads are fine. You have you go through a bunch of fads when you're a kid because you're just like really trying to learn like what's acceptable. Exactly. When I saw it was actually pretty recent that I saw this photo too. And it made me think about like, when I have kids someday, I just want to almost be like, you can wear whatever you want. You want to wear guys clothes. You want to wear girls yeah. clothes. You want to like, totally. whatever you want. It's, it's all you let them like really just invest in themselves. Like not go into these things for the wrong reasons. Totally. That's one. I feel like maybe that's a cop out of an answer on the, on the fad side. No, I think that's very real. I'm from Connecticut. So I completely understand the J crew yeah. as streetwear moment that happens yeah. to all of us. Oh my God, without any context, that is is (laughs) such a weird phrase. I love it. What's the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something super inconsequential that you would really, really go to bat for. For some reason, I mentioned sushi before. I love tuna when I'm eating sushi, but for some reason, tuna fish, like a tuna fish sandwich or something, when the yeah. when I smell it in the in the office or someone around me eating yeah. it, I like it's nails on this chalkboard. I can't do it. I'm like, yes, you cannot in front of me. Like I will leave the room or or freak out. I don't know what it is. Is that a hill I'm dying on, or is that just like a pet peeve? No, no, no. This sounds great. I'll die on this hill with. Okay, so let's unpack for a sec here. Share a brain yeah. with me. So yeah, I'll share. you know my understanding. <laughs> What it sounds like I heard you say is that you're so you're down with raw tuna. You're down with tuna and sushi. Is that right? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. What about a seared tuna, like a seared ahi? Are we in like in a New York City apartment? No, we're at like a nice restaurant. We're sitting poolside in Miami. We're going up to and we're getting like a seared piece of tuna. Is that cool with you? Totally cool with me. Now the real problem starts when the tuna is cooked all the way through, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is where yeah. the trouble is starting. And yeah. then it tr- is turned into a tuna salad. That's where it becomes unacceptable. If we're outside, I think I'm fine. It's like, are we in like a <laughs> poorly ventilated enclosed space? And you're bringing that in here? I can't deal with it. Just seems rude. It just seems rude. I like, agree. That dish has a smell. You know it, it has really does. And you brought it in I know. Yeah. It doesn't bother some people, which I find truly remarkable. 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 Human beings are so fascinating. I didn't know someone else shared that. This is this is yes. this is crazy. No, I'm so with you. It really I've always been that way too. Oh, always. I've also always spoken out about it because it bothers me yeah. that much. Like even I think like when I was like an intern, I was like, hey, that really bothers me. Like, can you can you take that sandwich somewhere else? Yeah. Like, that's it's a lot. It's smell. Pungent. But it is funny to me. I guess what I think is funny is that I really love tuna right up until the point when it is fully cooked and prepared in a salad. Yeah, or between two slices of bread. That Damn, I don't know what it is. Okay, fascinating. So Joe, you know, this is non-technical. We're talking about everything except your resume. If you were not doing what you do now professionally, what would you be doing? I can do anything I want. Yeah. I would be in Sicily. (gasps) And I would probably run like an olive tree farm and produce my own olive oil and then really yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i love that maybe that could be your second act that would be a cool second act my wi-fi password at my house is salt fat acid heat after, oh, after okay yeah, yeah yeah um and is that good uh, the book oh, the book's incredible is that a yes. helpful book okay should Super i read helpful. that do you think you should actually actually the premise of the book 
is so it's written by Samin Nostrad. She has a Netflix show. Actually, I go deep with Samin. Okay, this is this is just my Wi-Fi password. So I have the book. Her the premise of the book and and why why I love her. She's like, cooking is so like overcomplicated in so many ways. Really, you just need to master these four things: salt, fat, acid, and heat. And that is really what she goes into in the book. It's trying to explain mm. these like very simple premises, and then there's some beautiful recipes in, in in the book. I loved the book. Then she did a Netflix show, and in the fat episode, she goes to Italy. She's on the like olive farm, and yeah. and she's making like fresh focaccia bread. And I'm like,、oh, this is incredible. I took my phone out,、amazing. and I found like it was like March or something, and I found like on kayak like. A cheap flight to Italy, and I booked the flight. No, I booked a flight to Italy, yeah, and then eventually turned into like a family trip. My family joined me, and we went to Italy、oh、my for, God. for like ten、uh, days. And oh my God! Then I became like obsessed with her, and she posted on her Instagram like a year ago or something, or two years ago, about these tomatoes. These tomatoes called early girl tomatoes. She was like, they're only available for a short time. If you can get them, go here in this market in Berkeley. And I like drove out to the market eight a.m. on a Sunday, and The lowest quantity of tomatoes you could buy was twenty、yeah. pounds of tomatoes. Oh my god! I have like a box of tomatoes, and I、yeah. like cooked them a million ways. So, flash forward, you know, to maybe a month ago, I'm in my local grocery、yeah. store in LA, and I'm standing at the counter, and I turn left, and I see Samin Nostrad standing right、no. next to me. Yes. No, she's standing next to me. Oh my god! I know, and I am not someone that like would ever go up to someone in public. I want to totally get that. This is like Wi-Fi password, Italy flight, twenty、yes. pounds of tomatoes.、Yes. I'm like, I gotta say hello. Of course. I go up to her and I say, "Excuse me." She <gasps> looks at me. She's like, "Oh my!" She's actually quite startled. And I'm like, I just want to say, you have had a, a big impact on my life. I love your book.、Uh. When I saw your show, I, I went to Italy. I bought early girl tomatoes, and they are amazing. The, the tomato changed tomatoes for me, and、uh, I don't want to bother you, but、uh, just just wanted to tell you. I feel like I would yes, I would have told you. And she is so weirded out by my comments. What? <laughs> <Yes> . So <laughs> weirded out by、no! my comments.、No! Um, I felt so awkward. What do you mean? I I don't know.、Oh, Maybe、no. like this. Like this is why I don't go up to people. I cannot believe I did that. But I was still still glad I did, and then I, and then I went home,、uh, and I was like, yeah. But I think that that was a lot. I'm glad I left the Wi-Fi password out. Security may have been called at the at the local grocer. Is there any chance that it was just your projection that it was weird? Like, what do you? Because maybe what, what you felt you... weird about it. Like, is there any chance that she didn't feel weird, but you thought she felt weird? Do you know what I mean? Or are you 100 positive? I'm pretty positive. I'm, I'm pretty positive. <laughs> yeah, it was like her response was just like, oh. Thanks. And then I was wearing a, a an A twenty four sweatshirt, a, a studio, and she's like, "Do you work for A twenty four?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> she's like, "Okay, great." It's like, "Oh well, thanks. Have a good day." It was yeah, it was an awkward ending, but I'm still glad I did it. I'm glad you did it too. And I would also say the fact that she asked you about what you did for work means she wasn't like trying to necessarily run away from the conversation, right? Because if she was truly weirded out, I think she would have been like. Thank you so much, and then literally turned around and then、yeah. ran away. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm really happy you went up to her, though. I I also never go up to people. Do you see a lot of people that you recognize? It's interesting because I never go up to people that I do recognize. Is that true? Um, yes. I don't think I've ever gone up to somebody that I recognized. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in New York. I'm I'm 
living here again. And I lived here for a long time before. So I think in New York, you see all kinds of people that you recognize all the time. So people recognize you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, sometimes, yeah. And it's funny because I always appreciate that. I think that's yeah. so nice. I mean, when people are nice, then it's nice. Yeah. I mean, they're always nice. Yeah, I was like, are they mean to you? No, no one's ever mean. Someone came up to me in Washington Square Park the other day and was like, I know you from Twitter and Instagram. And I said, uh, okay. And then he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really know what to do with that one. But everyone else has been super kind. I think it probably also depends how often it happens to you, right? If you're like Jennifer Lawrence and people are coming up to you a thousand times a day, that would probably get exhausting. I feel bad. You can't live like a super normal life. Yeah, I mean, like LA is has this like celebrity culture, which I don't really get, but I mean, I, I understand yeah. it. It's just like, oh, this person's here or that person's here. And um, I just always feel bad for them because I'm like, imagine yeah. someone's like talking like, oh, you're here and you're not performing all the time. Just want to be a normal person. Totally. So... Speaking of movies and Hollywood, I have a two-part question for you. Oh, wow. First part is, who would play you in a movie about your life? And the second part of the question is, should this movie be a biopic? So start to present day, or should we focus in on a particular chapter of your life? <laughs> this is a cool question. <laughs> Hard for me to say who would play me because my life is still quite early. True, true. It can go a million ways, right? Yep. Am I allowed to like get certain phases of an actor? Because like if I wanted Robert De Niro, he's like 75 years oh, old. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But hey, yeah. he just got de-aged for The Irishman, right? That's right. Yeah. So maybe we could just borrow that technology from Netflix. Because I agree, you do kind of have a young Robert De Niro look. <laughs> so he could work really well. He could work really well. Let me actually pull De Niro off for a second. If I think about this for a second. Yeah. So one of my favorite movies is Goodfellas. And okay. I love Ray Liotta as Henry Hill. So I would want Ray Liotta, a young Ray Liotta to play me. Which young is Ray Liotta. A, a weird comment, but that's just where I'm going. That's where my mind went. And then Great. the second question was, would it be a certain period of my life or up till now? So interesting. I have like a pretty interesting path. Um, yeah. Dropped out of art school. Oh, you did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Moved to Atlanta on a whim for a startup. Okay. That became like a big startup, then left, moved to San Francisco, drove across countries. I feel like mm -hmm. there's like a, that, that's, that's an interesting part of my life. Literally drop out of school and move to another city on a whim for a random startup. I think that's a, that's a cool point in my life. Also, it was like a, I said coming of age earlier, like that was a big coming mm -hmm. of age story. I didn't like open up a little bit. Dropping out of school was like a big deal. And mm -hmm. um, definitely to my old school New Yorker Italian father, dropping out of yeah. school is a ridiculous thing to do. So my dad says to me, he goes, you have, you know, I think it was like May or something. And my lease in my apartment in Savannah, Georgia was, was like, had like two months left. And he goes, mm. you have 60 days to figure out your life. Otherwise, you need to come back to New York and you're going to work with me. My dad works in insurance. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it really felt like if I don't make something happen in the next 60 days, mm -hmm. I will work in insurance with my dad. Okay. And how did it feel thinking about that? I liked the pressure. Mm. I liked the pressure. I, I liked the ultimatum. It really it put like a little fire under my ass. Hmm. And so funny, I interviewed for maybe like four or five companies. One mm -hmm. of them was Facebook. I did not get the job. Sure. Really 
Oof, that one was tough. That I hurt. found out like the day after. Yeah, it was with my mom. It was like the day after Mother's Day, and I found mm. out the day after Mother's Day, and I was like, oh. And I think the thing with Facebook at the time too was, yes, it was a really cool company to be, but yeah. there was this part of me that really wanted to impress my dad. Oh, okay. And Facebook name recognition, that would have been impressive. Yeah. It's sure. like that. I dropped out, but like also yeah. I'm, I'm not here. There were like these like agencies and like nothing really made sense. And then uh, mm. spring break, it just happened. And someone showed me this app. It was an app called Yik Yak. And I just thought it was so interesting. And I cold emailed the founders and I showed them like some of the work that I had done. Mm. And they invited me out. I interviewed with them. They gave me a job offer in the drive on, emailed me on the drive home. And what? I accepted and moved out a week later. Wow. The day that I drove, I like was moving to Atlanta was the day before this deadline that my dad gave me. Wow. And I remember I'm in the car driving. Yeah. My stuff is all moved up. Everything's in the car. I'm driving to this new place. I haven't even seen the apartment I've signed at oh least for. Oh my God. And I remember like almost just like screaming. I got that music playing. I don't remember the song, yeah. but I was just like, I did it. And I'm on this next pass. Yeah. So maybe that's how the movie would end. It's like, we don't uh, know what happens next to him. I love that. I love that <laughs> so much. Okay, so I think it could even just be about those 60 days, right? Like yeah. just before yeah, yeah. that sort of path is presented and then what it was like during those two months. That would be a killer fucking movie. Yeah, that is the very, very short version. I launched an app with a co-founder. That was why I dropped out. And like, then that relationship didn't work out. And I'm like, oh God, I got to figure out everything. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Okay, so then that could be like the first act of the movie. I'm yeah. so excited about this film. And we'll probably be able to get distribution through Netflix if we're using the Irishman technology to DH Robert De Niro. This is Robert De Niro interviewing Don't forget. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that is that is gonna sell tickets. That's gonna sell subs. Wow. Oh my that god, is that is so funny. Wow, this is gonna be great. <laughs> I'll tell you. A, I'll tell you a cool scene actually. Yeah. Um, so I was very nervous for the for the Facebook interview. Mm. One of the parts of the interview that I think Facebook still does this is they do an app critique. So you're oh. gonna critique an app with another designer mm. on, on the phone. And I've never like seriously interviewed in my life at this point. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to like read all these things, sure. app critiques, I'm going to study. And like, it's on the phone, right? It wasn't on Zoom at the time. Oh, interesting. Almost like, you know, in a beautiful mind, he's got like all the things on the wall. Yes. My apartment is a beautiful mind. Oh my like, God. Everything that I need to say. Like I have a cheat sheet. It's massive. Like wrote everything out. Totally. And I get on the phone with this uh, designer. Yep. He's like, we're not going to do an app critique today. <gasps> We're going to critique this like other thing that like, I was like, what? Why did you do that to me? Caught so off guard, oh my God. like totally threw me for a loop. Honestly, the exercise was, was terrible. He went off script and he should not have. Wow. That'd be a fun scene to see in that film. That'll be a great scene. You seem like someone who's typically very prepared. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Are you good at rolling with the punches? Yeah, I like to. I mean, I'm just like, there are just things you can't control. Yep. You know, I have like a very productive mindset in the sense mm -hmm. that if there are things I can't control, yeah, then I'm not going to try and waste any energy on those things. Sure. I'm like a very big believer in like, I can only give so much energy to certain things in a day. Mm -hmm. So I need to be like very mindful about where I exert myself. And there's just things I can't control. I, I, I just don't let it try and take up stuff because then it feel like it pulls from the other things I care about. Yeah. I'm like, I think about this every day. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then I light a candle which ah! I live right now. <laughs> so like you're seeing my mom come out right now. I'm really like, dig into this stuff. Yeah. 
I'm not nearly as deep as her, but I think something's rubbed off. Is it a particular scent of candle that replenishes the energy? I'm actually trying a new candle right now. Really? This is the italic candle. (gasps) I love italic. Yeah, I I, I have a wallet. My roommate has the memberships. That's what's up. I have the wallet. I have sunglasses. Have you bought their sunglasses before? They're great. No, yeah. It's actually funny. Jeremy is uh, the CEO of Italicus, an investor in Stir. He's going to be so bummed. Oh. I'm like hacking someone else's <laughs> membership. I'm sorry. Give me a listen. reveal. It's okay. Jeremy, I have a membership. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll share it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Between me and your roommate. Okay. Lilac. That does sound very nice. Joe, what is something that you're really good at that it would surprise most people to learn about you? I can tell you one of mine if you want, if that would help. Yeah, that I would help recently. I'm really good at bowling. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah. So are you, are you like strikes down every time? Not every single time. What I think is notable about my bowling skill is how unexpected it is. I'm not an athletic person. I'm not a particularly coordinated person. (laughs) I'm also not competitive in the traditional sense. I will never get upset, you know, about winning or losing. But there's something about bowling that just really makes sense to me. And so I sort of like show up, you know, it'll be for a friend's birthday or happy hour or something. And it's, I can just bowl and it makes literally no sense whatsoever. So that always surprises people. It always surprises me too. Oh, also then after I'm good for like a few rounds, I get scared and then I'm bad for like three frames and then I get it back. And this is just a thing that like every now and then you'll go bowling and there's like the skills just come out of nowhere. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. You don't like going to the alley and you're like practicing. Literally, someone just told me how to bowl once. They were like, (laughs) just look down at the middle arrow on the lane and then keep your wrist flat. And I was like, okay. I have like one, but it's, again, doesn't seem like a good answer. Like your answer was so creative, funny, and like interesting. (laughs) Mine is, okay, so like one I think is, uh, is, there's like a high and a low to this story. Okay, I'm ready for it. In high school, I had this teacher who I just really loved. He ran the school newspaper. Okay. And I would go after school and sometimes write like a little column for the newspaper. Mm. We have to like actually like put the newspaper together and send it out to every student. Okay. So he asked me to like organize those, those things. Sure. And um, I did not do a good job. Really? He got frustrated with me. Okay. And he felt like he gave me an opportunity and he did. Yeah. He got frustrated sure. with me and fired me from this oh, position. Oh no. So one day in class... I think he kind of like took that frustration out on me. And in the mm. front of the class, he said, called me Joey, actually, which no, very few people do, but he did. And he said, Joey, you're not a good writer. You <gasps> write like you talk. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I know. And, and it really, it, it fucked with me for oh the longest God. time. That's insulting on so many levels. Yeah. I, I, but I think I kind of, honestly, I think I probably, I think like I, he gave me this thing and I, probably was, you know, an idiot kid and, and, mm. and, and didn't and let him down big mm-hmm. time. And it's water under the bridge at this point. But that really stuck with me for a while where I never felt comfortable writing publicly because of that really? statement. Really? Yeah. What's interesting is I actually write in privately all the time. Really? By hand on the computer in a notebook? On the computer. It's either work-related or it's life-related. And I actually think people would not know that because I, I, mm. I don't usually ever talk about it. Uh, yeah. But it's something I, I, I care a lot about. I don't think that was as good of an answer as bowling, though. I think it was great. I personally loved it. I thought it was a big brain answer. <laughs> Have you published anything since high school? We've 
only work stuff, right? We've mm-hmm. done like, but which doesn't feel, it's interesting. It's like the company builds for creators. And sure. one of the things that always, I think like why I love it is there's this like almost like admiration and respect for people that put their yeah. anything creative out there yeah, into the world. Totally. And what's interesting is there's like, that's like juxtaposed with the fact that I don't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. It's hmm. like, I want to do all these things, but I can't do it. So I'm coming to terms with it. I'm trying, I mean, I've done some work stuff, which I think is yeah. good for the, the company, but hmm. I'm trying to do more personal stuff, but I need to find like, not only do I have to find like my own path, but it needs to be like my own way. I haven't quite figured that out yet. Wow. I, I love it. Anytime I go to like an interesting life experience, I try and kind of try and write about it. I am so excited for whenever you decide to share that. <laughs> Genuinely, I think the world would be a better place for having what you uh, create in it. Uh, I think I agree. Oh, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, thank you. I, but I, I think I agree in the essence of that is true for everyone. Mm-hmm. I love seeing people put things into the world. I think Me too. we give a lot of shit to these big tech platforms because like they really have yes. really just turned a blind eye to certain things. Yeah, yeah. But they've enabled creativity and like creative expression in ways that are just it's just so beautiful. Truly unprecedented. It really is. I mean, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I wouldn't be able to do so much of what I do without them. There's a lot of good. There's a there's a lot of art that we've been able to see from people who otherwise would not have been able to have a platform. And I feel very fortunate that we live in a time where that's true. Joe, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by the Cloud 100. We're friends, right? Can I admit something to you? There was a time when I didn't know what the cloud was. So if you don't know what the cloud is right now and you feel like you've waited so long to learn that you can't possibly ask, I've got your back right here, right now. According to a Vox article from 2015, the cloud refers to software and services that run on the internet instead of locally on your computer. Simple as that. Did I just change your life? Speaking of changing the game, on August 10th, 2021, the Cloud 100 will be celebrating the definitive list of the top 100 private cloud companies in the world and the 20 rising stars poised to join their ranks with virtual experience featuring the world's top cloud CEOs, visionaries, and industry experts discussing the future of the cloud industry, like Melanie Perkins from Canva, Amit Bendov, the CEO of Gong, and Larry Fitzgerald from the NFL. Want to join them? Head to the Cloud 100. That's thecloud100.com to register now. And we're back with Joe Albanese, the CEO and co-founder of Stir. Joe, how we doing? I'm really enjoying myself. Really? I'm having a blast. Oh, yeah, I'm we're so just happy. Like skipping all of my meetings, we're just going to keep going. Good. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've reached a very exciting moment in this episode of Non Technical. We have arrived at the lightning round. Are you ready? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, your words are saying yes, and everything else about your face, everything body else. language, and voice is saying no. Let's go. Okay. Let's, let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Okay, cool. Coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? Black. Yes. As often as possible. And then sometimes I'll throw a little half and half. I don't know. It's weird. My mom does it. Well, half and half. <laughs> <laughs> Light the candle, a little half and half. Mom's influence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> iOS or Android? Oh, iOS. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does anyone say Android? <laughs> People sometimes do. And I'm like, oh, man, I just, I thought we were going to be friends. Do you have a favorite board game? Yes. I like Pandemic, but no one likes to play it with me. Also, now it's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. One game of the year a few years ago. Well, that's I'm happy for them, for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there maybe there's another game like Pandemic that has the same structure but isn't about a pandemic? There is. I haven't seen it yet. If you know, please send it to me. Yeah. Because I would play that. That was even pre-pandemic. I didn't want to play Pandemic. But if someone has one that's like it, what's something else that could spread? It's like a game that <laughs> maybe it's like spreading joy. <laughs> Yeah, like a viral TikTok dance. (laughs) We got to stop this viral TikTok dance. Oh my God, that's so funny. The reason I like Pandemic though is because everyone's on the same team. I like like, like, it's board game night. Like I like like we're all on the same team. We're trying to be the game. That's what I like. That's really fun. Okay, collaborative games. That's awesome. Do you, when you make your bed, do you make it with a top sheet or no top sheet? Top sheet. Right? Wow. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. This is a lightning round to get to know more about you, but also it's like, how similar are we as people is what it ends yeah, up being. Yeah. This determines if you get another episode in the right, future. Right, right. Like, this is, this determines if you come back for get season out. two. Exactly. Yeah. Get the yeah. fuck out. You're not rocking a top sheet? No, Can't dude, trash. my dude, come on. Have you ever read a book twice? Uh, Yes. What book? I really like The Checklist Manifesto. I love The Checklist Manifesto. Yeah, it's amazing. It's Fantastic amazing. book. So good. That's a great book to read twice. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's he's a phenomenal writer. Truly, he's a great writer. He pulls in really great examples that make everything feel really real. But also, I felt the book itself was very accessible. I learned a lot just from reading it. Things that you can actually apply to your life, like that day. Yeah. Damn, yeah. am I due for a yeah. reread of The Checklist Manifesto? It sounds like it. You should reread The Checklist Manifesto. Okay. Joe, do you have a pump-up song? No. I don't really? have a specific pump-up song, but like I, I, I can float between genres and just like play it. Yeah. This morning to pump me up for this podcast, yes. I listened to The Temptations. <laughs> <laughs> just my imagination. I was like, oh, this will get me in a good, like optimistic, creative mood. That's and that's, great. that's what I listened to. Did it work? Yeah. I got to get pumped up for a specific thing, right? If I'm yes, playing yes. like, if, I don't know, if I'm about to play in like, the Super Bowl, I'm probably listening to Drake or something. Um, that all, whenever like, I'm playing yeah. in the Super Bowl, I listen to Drake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, like, or when you're bowling, you're about when to bowl. Bowling. You're like, you're like, put some Drake on, please. Baby, you my everything. Okay, Joe, I have one last question for you, which is what would you title your memoir? Sex, Love, and Rocky Road. Woo. That is a joke. <laughs> I love how you can't even say the full title without saying that is a joke immediately after. What yeah, if it wasn't? Yeah. That I have could to be say that is a joke. Why not? That could be a great title. Uh, I just don't like Rocky Road ice cream that much. Oh. Yeah. It's just it's mm. just the play on rock and roll. That is actually why. What is your do you have a favorite ice cream flavor? I mean, I love Ben and Jerry's. Okay. I'm kind of just like a Ben and Jerry's guy. Okay. Yeah, which I don't know if there's like real flavors. Like a They're chunky just kind of monkey doing their own thing up there. They have a half chunky bait. monkey. Chubby hubby. Yes, but I, I kind of like grew up on fish food. Those little like little mini fish in so there. Good. I loved those as a kid. But I guess like sex, love, and fish food doesn't quite have the same ring to it. <laughs> no. It's not as good. I don't know. Maybe it could fit. It's my memoir. <laughs> That's a great point. Wait, is it sex, love, and Rocky Road or sex, drugs, and Rocky Road? I said sex, love, but I think, yeah, it's probably sex, drugs, and Rocky Road. I think this is a great title. Very original. <laughs> it would work. A serious title, though, if yeah. I was actually coming up with one. I think it goes kind of back to when I was talking about like going deep, like what's something that mm. I'm known for. Yeah. And I think just like one thing that is really makes me stand out mm. is I just care a lot, mm. almost like some ridiculous, insane mm-hmm. level that I don't know where it comes from sometimes. I would want that, the essence and the spirit of that to be in the title of the memoir, okay. which is just like, so I don't know how to translate into like okay. the title, but if I was workshopping this with my editor, this is, this is where I would start. Or do you want to play my editor for a second? <laughs> yes, I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. Two things. One, 
I also care deeply and I always, always have, which when you're younger, or at least in my experience, was something that was not cool, not well received. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as I've gotten older is something that has actually helped me a lot. So I totally am on team caring a lot. And then the other thing I was thinking is that I was trying to think of a way we could bring in share a brain with me into the memoir title. Wow. And now that you're talking about caring, maybe it's Caring is sharing. Caring is sharing. A memoir by Joe Albanese. <laughs> yeah, because it's <laughs> caring because the the implication is sharing a brain. I mean, sharing a brain could also be good, but it's going to sound like a neurology textbook. It's got to be like sharing a brain. And then there's got to be like some like subtitle Colon. to it. Yeah, that yeah. Like, do we like go back to like the movie? We could be like, it's those 60 days and it's like <gasps> sharing a brain. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. How like, yeah, like mm-hmm. my, the 60 sharing days brain. where... Yeah, yeah exactly. My 60 day journey to XYZ yeah. or like something like yeah. that. <gasps> yeah. 60. Well, uh, maybe something with 60 too could be interesting. There's like a lot of different directions that we could, we, you yeah. know, what, when we talk with Netflix, we'll start workshopping it and we'll go from there. We'll do some market testing. Yeah. Yeah, they got a good, they got a good creative team. We'll, we'll, we'll ask. We'll see what the algorithm says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll test. Yeah, we'll test. We'll test sharing a brain, uh, sex, drugs, and Rocky Road. Yeah, exactly. Up there. <laughs> we'll test like sharing a brain colon sex, love, and fish food colon <laughs> how I went from art school dropout to successful startup founder in sixty days. Perfect. <laughs> we nailed it. I think that's great. I love it. Joe, thank you so much for joining me on Non-Technical today. This has been such a treat. Thank you for having me. This was so fun oh, and so it's glad. such a great format. Yay. And it's super fun to be a guest and talk about some of these things and also like just open up about other aspects of my life. I feel like I'm always talking about the other thing and I, yeah. I just love that. Good. So thank I'm you. so, oh my gosh, please. The pleasure is most certainly all mine. Tell me this, where can people find more about you? My Twitter, it's really long. It's my full name. Yep. At my full name. So it's Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, P, it's in pineapple, Albanese, A-L-B-A-N-E-S-E, twitter.com. You can find me there. Love that. What does the P stand for? Perry, P-E-R-R-I. I love that. Ooh, P-E-R, a twist. Wow. He leaves us with a final twist. I assumed it was going to be P-E-R-R-Y. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at Non-Technical Pod on Twitter. Joe, one more time. Thank you again. This has been such a delight. Thank you. I'm snapping. Yay, snaps. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.